It's our 2019 Bound for Glory preview and prediction show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. This is a first for the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast, a preview and prediction show that is not World Wrestling Entertainment. Yes, and all of you probably thought our first one of these was going to be with All Elite Wrestling. That is not the case because Impact has their biggest show of the year for 2019 coming up this weekend, and as the resident, well, watcher of Impact on this show... I've taken it upon myself to not only keep up with the product, but also make sure that we have a good product and that we're covering all things wrestling. Because I said before, with all of the different things that are going on in the seemingly oversaturated market we have of wrestling now, with, of course, Monday Night Raw, we're going to have Tuesday Night Impact, which actually starts next Tuesday. So all the uh, impacts that I thought I had missed, well, I didn't. Because I had just gotten behind on them. I have now caught up with them. So I'm now officially caught up with Impact. But it is moving from Fridays to Tuesday with Access. So that's happening. And then, of course, AEW Dynamite, NXT, both on Wednesday. And then Friday Night SmackDown. Happening, of course, on Friday. And so, with Impact, their biggest show of the year coming to you from the Odium Expo Center in Via Park, Illinois. Now, if you're wondering, Impact, or I should say TNA, has done this several times before where they say they're in a big city, like, you know, St. Louis or Chicago or Detroit. What they're really saying is they're actually outside of those cities because they get a better arena for a better price outside of a big city. So if you're wondering where Via Park Illinois is, well, I'm here to tell you that from Chicago, Illinois, it is approximately an hour away. No, I take that back. It's 26 minutes away from downtown Chicago. So there are people that live in that area that drive into Chicago every day to go to work. So there you go. If you're in the Chicago area, you want to go check out a show, in Via Park, Illinois, at the Odium Expo Center, Impact's having their biggest show of the year. Now, I understand the sentiment of the fact that this promotion is having their biggest show of the year in a town 25 minutes outside of one of the biggest cities in this country of Chicago, Illinois. Whereas WWE, they do their WrestleManias in big football stadiums in the big cities across this country. And AEW is kind of, even though they have smaller venues, they're not going to be at the Odium Expo Center in Via Park, Illinois, which, by the way, in case you were wondering, the Odium Expo Center holds 5,500 people. That is where the event is taking place. So actually, I take that back. Uh, AEW could do a show from here and probably do very well, uh, but maybe they want to uh, rent out an area. Like, for instance, the WWE does uh, Rosemont, that area, instead. And so 
again, it's just back to the venue that you want, maximizing it for your potential audience, and it looking good on television or on pay-per-view. I mean, that would be horrible if Impact rented out a 10,000-seat arena and they had to block off half of it. I'm not saying they couldn't fill 10,000, but, I mean, AEW was 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 going to try and fill 10,000, and they were worried about it. WWE, there are some events where they have trouble filling that, too. I mean, even though wrestling's kind of in this ebb and flow period where seemingly a lot of people think it's a boom period, eh, you, you may have some problems. So, enough backstory. This is the biggest event of the year for Impact, and we're going to get to it here. We have eight matches on this card. We have one, two three, four title matches because there are four champions, that being the Impact World Champion, the X Division Champion, the Knockouts Champion, which is the equivalent of their women's division, and then, of course, the Tag Champions. So right now, Brian Cage, Jake Crist, Taya Valkyrie, and The North are your champions. Brian Cage, the World Champion, Jake Crist, the X Division Champion, Taya Valkyrie, the Knockouts Champion, and The North are the Tag Team Champions. So we're just going to go in order here because I'm I'm basically going to give you any background I can because I know there are those of you out there that you may not follow Impact. You may have watched TNA back in the day. Uh, I can tell you right now, I was a big fan of TNA because they started in 2002. Um, I was a big fan when Christian Cage and Kurt Angle, and Sting, and a lot of those guys came in, which was about 2005, 2006. So that was my first real exposure to guys like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, uh, Kazarian, Abyss. Um, A lot of these guys that were there uh, during that time period, Gail Kim, of course, Jeff Jarrett was still wrestling back then. I... I believe the Dudleys were there at that time. Team 3D uh, were also there at some point. Um, I mean, you could go up and down the list of guys that have worked there that have also worked for WWE. Um, We had AJ Styles, of course. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Aaron Rex, a.k.a. Damian Sandow. Austin Aries worked for that company as well. Awesome Kong, who now works for uh, AEW, Bobby Lashley, Bobby Roode, amongst others. I could go on. The point is, Impact being a being an important part of the wrestling landscape is a good thing. They're essentially the third brand. And so this show should tell you a lot about the future of that company being a third brand in the big wrestling landscape. You know... WWE is top dog. They have been for a long time, and they're not giving that up. And now you've got AEW. And I know people have watched Ring of Honor and New Japan, but you got to go check out Impact. You've got to. There's really good stuff. If you're looking for something totally different, you should check out Impact. I also checked out NWA Power for the first time. Again, totally different. If you just want your wrestling fix, You have options. You are not stuck with WWE. You have AEW. If you don't like AEW, you have Impact. If you don't like Impact, you have have NWA. You have New Japan. You have NOAA. You have a lot of these other smaller promotions that have good stuff going on. But I'm telling you, I know people still have a bad taste in their mouth when the whole Hogan-Bischoff thing happened 
in 2010, 2011, and then they've had some really big problems these last uh, couple of years. Ownership. You know, lots of things have happened in that company. Not all of them great. In fact, most of them not great. So when you have a chance to turn a product around and you've got really good talent, veterans, young guys, unproven guys, guys that don't get talked about all the time, that's this show. So we'll start here with a match that probably not a lot of you have heard about, or at least the the actual people in the match. So we'll start there. There's a six-man tag team match between the group known as the Rascals, Desmond Xavier, Trey Miguel, and Zachary Wentz, versus the team of Dr. Wagner Jr., Aerostar, and Taurus. Now, Impact has a very close relationship with AAA. In fact, a lot of their talent have been borrowed from AAA, or there was like a talent share. They've done shows in Mexico. They did a uh, Lucha New York show that had a lot of those guys on it. So they have a very good relationship with AAA. Of course, when Jeff Jarrett was there, he had relationships with a lot of these different people. I mean, they brought in Shinsuke Nakamura, and they brought in a bunch of the guys that you would think about New Japan that you would never think would be on a show like TNA. They had them a long time ago. So these relationships you have when you get talent shares and you bring in other people, it gets people to check out more talent and it gets people to, Hey, let's go check out triple a and see what they're doing. It just, it just, it's just like networking in real life. The more people you network, the more contacts you have, the more exposure you have, the better your product can be because you have more eyeballs on your, on your show, on your talent and on your overall product. So what I will say is the Rascals are a young, very exciting group. Uh, Wagner Jr., Aerostar, and Taurus, I don't know much about. What I will say, though, is for this audience in Illinois, I will say the Rascals get the victory here and uh, potentially put themselves in uh, a situation where they're right back into the thick of things for the tag titles. Uh, Because I know Desmond Xavier was in the X Division discussion and the other two guys, Miguel and Wentz, were wrestling in the uh, tag division. And then they would kind of interchange a lot of those groups. They interchange. So I'll say the Rascals pick up a victory here uh, over Wagner Jr., Aerostar, and Taurus. It will probably open the show, uh, much like a lot of these different shows. They will open with a high-octane, fast-paced match to kind of set the tone for the rest of the night. There's going to be a lot of good wrestling on this show. Uh, So I will not be surprised if this just gets lost in the middle of the card. I will also not be surprised if this is the opening contest. Uh, Again, it's a six-man tag. You don't have to be super scientific with it. You can kind of be all over the place. You're just trying to get the crowd amped, ready to go for a lot of your bigger stars and your bigger talent or your more high-impact matches. Perfect setup for that. I'll pick the Rascals to win. Next match... I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just going to go with it now because I've kind of been racking my brain with this while I was thinking about doing the show and now I'm recording it. They are having what is called a call your shot gauntlet match where the winner chooses any championship match of their choice. Now, the wording says could choose. I realize I'm getting that from Wikipedia, so it's probably a mistype. But the point is that this is a match. It's a gauntlet match to where the winner of it essentially gets a title shot of whatever they want. This is about the hardest match you could pick to have 
on a show like this because A, you don't know who's in it, and B, you don't know which title is probably going to be most available. So I know there was a thread on, I think it was either Tessa Blanchard's Instagram page or somebody's page with Jordan Grace, and Jordan Grace and Tessa Blanchard were both like, we're coming for the tag titles. Like, this is a thing. I'm not a big fan of intergender wrestling. I know it's become much more prevalent on the indie scene, and and they've done matches like this in WWE, or they've done mixed tags, but they've never had an all-female team against an all-male team for the tag team titles. I don't know of any promotion that's ever done that. So they might go that route, and I may say that Jordan Grace may be in that match, and she may win. And her and Tessa Blanchard may go for the tag team titles. It would be weird. It would be different. But that's not something I really can predict. But I think they're crazy enough to try something like that. So if I'm just going off of a guy that I think could have a really good showing in a gauntlet match, eliminate a bunch of people, and win a shot, at a title. I think I might go with Daga. I think Daga has been a guy that's kind of been under the radar. He would certainly be a shot in the arm to something like the X division title. Um, you know, I don't see him challenging the world title. Normally I would put a guy like Ace Austin in a spot like this, but he's already in a match on this card. Um, you're looking at, you know, high ceiling talent that you want to push to a certain level. Looking at the rest of the roster, looking at guys that could use a push or use something in the form of a title match, I'm going with Daga. Now, again, he may be in the X Division ladder match because he, uh, you know what? I just looked at this. He is in the X Division title match. I may have to change my pick now. (laughs) I did all that setup just for that. Daga is in the X Division title match. I just looked at that, and now I have to change my mind. Um, Another guy I would pick for a spot like this would be Michael Elgin. But Michael Elgin is also in a title match. I'm sorry, he's not in a title match. He's in another match on this card. Um, Moose is also in a match on this card. Um, Let's see here. Who else? I mean, you could go with TJP. Yes, TJ, that TJP. But he may also be in the X Division ladder match because the show is actually on Friday. I'm recording this on a Thursday because I thought the show was on Tuesday and I thought the card would be updated. That's why this makes this so hard. What I'm telling you is it's not supposed to be this difficult. I'm just having trouble picking a winner. So I will officially change my mind. I will say, I'll say TJP wins. There you go. You want to give a guy a push, he can go fight for the X Division title. We can get it over with. He could have a really good showing. He could be showcased, which, by the way, TJP did wrestle for Impact with this company not that long ago as Suicide or Manic. Remember that gimmick? Yeah, yeah, that went over well. I'll pick TJP. Another guy I I could see winning a match like this that they would push would be Madman Fulton, uh, who's a guy with the group called OVE with the Chris Brothers and Sammy Callahan. We'll get to those guys in a minute. But I don't know. I guess I'll go with TJP just because it's another cluster. They're going to have a lot of guys. Who knows? They could come out with a total surprise. And maybe it is going to be somebody like Jordan Grace. They could do that because they've they've shown they've been open to that idea with Tessa Blanchard 
trying to wrestle for the number one contendership for the world title against Sammy Callahan. Yeah, we almost had a Brian Cage-Tessa Blanchard match for the world title. And I talk up Tessa Blanchard a lot, that she could just run roughshod in the WWE division for women right now. Right now. She could wrestle Charlotte and Becky and be totally competent and fit in totally well and be booked as one of the top women in that entire company. And it's believable because she's awesome. So, your call your shot gauntlet match, I will pick TJP. That is my official pick for this match. Again, these do not count towards preview and predictions. The J-Man, of course, is not here. I'm just covering this solo. So, with that said, I'm picking TJP. All right. Now, the intergender ladder match for the X Division title. It's only intergender because Tessa Blanchard's in the match. Jake Christ, who is the X Division champion, defends against Tessa Blanchard, Daga, Ace Austin, the one true ace, and to be determined. Now, I'm under the impression that the other Christ brother may be in this match because I think Daga and Tessa Blanchard are probably going to work together. So the other uh, Christ member is Dave. So I could see Dave Christ being the fifth guy in this match. Um... I could see Madman Fulton being in this match just to kind of even the sides for OVE because that's just the super group right now in Impact. So I'll say that Dave Christ is going to be in the match. He and Jake are going to work together. They're going to try and have Jake win the title. But I'm here to tell you right now, they need to put the X Division title on Ace Austin. I know a lot of people are talking about a lot of different guys being up-and-comers in the wrestling business. Some people really like Darby Allen. Some people really like Sammy Guevara. Both those guys are in AEW. Some people are still have a lot of promise for guys like Ricochet in the WWE. Uh, there are a few, I mean, there are guys in NXT that people think are going to be absolutely shot to the moon. Buddy Murphy, the best kept secret in WWE, except for the fact that they don't book him correctly. There's so much talent in the wrestling business. It's unbelievable. And let me tell you something. Ace Austin... Ace Austin is the real deal. He's got the look. He's excellent in the ring. He can cut a great promo. He's a dastardly heel right now. He's going to make a great baby face one day, but right now he makes an excellent heel, which again, it's not like these companies have a hard time finding excellent heels, but when you have the dastardly heels that are not the schmarmy heels, they're just the I'm very confident and I'm just going to beat you as a heel. And I get that we have those two, but I, I'm much more impressed when a heel doesn't have to back away from a babyface and he's confident. Even though I think the babyface should still out-wrestle him, when you're confident as a heel and you're able to back up your game in the ring, your shortcomings get covered because you're still very good in the ring and you can cut a good promo. Um, Ace Austin's got this side storyline right now that is unbelievable. Um, he's basically trying to get the attention of a uh, of a certain woman on the roster, and uh, well, let me just tell you, it's uh, it's working because she's totally she's totally falling for it. I mean, that's that's the whole thing with that with that storyline is it has to be believable. It totally has to be believable, and so when you have, I mean, for goodness sake. He had a match where they had plants, obviously, 
where he was literally just making out with fans during a match. Like, I get that some people think that that's tacky. And some people don't like the idea that you've just got this slimy guy going after Alicia Edwards, who's the woman I was talking about, and he's 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 conning Alicia Edwards into this really difficult spot because, of course, the whole thing is that her husband is Eddie Edwards, who's had this weird obsession with a Singapore cane. Yes. Or a kendo stick named Kenny, so to speak. And so it's kind of, which again, I could see Eddie Edwards in this match too. I could see that as well. Um, now, if Eddie Edwards is in this match, that may change things. They may do that and that may change Ace Austin's outlook on this match. I just think unless you're just going to have OVE have all the titles, which at that point then, I mean, Madman Fulton would have to be the X Division champion and you'd have to have the Chris's run with the tag belts again, or you could do uh, Dave Christ and Madman Fulton as the tag team champions, which is not a bad idea, but it's just, unless that's your plan, Ace Austin with a belt makes total sense. And that's why I'm picking it. I think he's going to, I think all the carnage is going to be around him and he's just going to have a chance to climb the ladder and win the match. And I think he's going to, and we're going to have a new X division champion and his name, Ace Austin. The one true ace, Ace Austin. Great gimmick. Speaking of those tag titles, we have a three-way tag team title match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships between Rich Swan and Willie Mack, the team of Rhino and Rob Van Dam challenging the tag team no one talks about that is awesome. That being all ego Ethan Page and the walking weapon Josh Alexander known as The North. I've spoken about the North on this show several times. I do not need to glad hand them once again. These men are tremendous. They have great chemistry in the ring. Of course, they've worked together in other promotions. And they have done all these different things together. So let me just tell you something right now. Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. And I'm pretty sure that I've I've said this before. And I will say it again. So, these two men used to team together, and they were called the uh, Monster Mafia from uh, PWG. Um, Ethan Page has also worked in Evolve, but yeah. So, PWG, they both worked together as Monster Mafia. And then Ethan Page went to uh, Impact. He was a completely glorified jobber. Then they signed Josh Alexander. They put them together, and they're just, I don't know, one of the best tag teams in the business that no one talks about. And there's a lot of really good tag teams. A lot of them. The Lucha Brothers, um, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, I I mean, that's just just two right there. You, You, of course, have the Young Bucks. Private Party was over in one night. SCU. Uh, and then, of course, at the WWE, you have the Revival, you have the Usos, you have the New Day, uh, you have the Viking Raiders, you have, I, I'm again, I could go on and on and on with great tag teams. The Undisputed Era, the Street Profits, tag team wrestling, if companies want to take it seriously, they can. And let me tell you something. Impact, they treat their tag team titles pretty seriously. Pretty seriously. So just to give you an idea, 
because let's see here. There's got to be a list of this. There we go. List of Impact World Tag Team Champions. Uh, so recently, so the North uh, kicked LAX, that being Santana and Ortiz. They kicked them out of Impact, of course, because they were going to AEW. Um, the Lucha Bros, the Lucha Brothers, of course, uh, they were also in Impact for a while. Wow. The Lucha Brothers, the Latin American Exchange, and the North, and OVE were all in the same company at the same time. That is unbelievable. That is so much talent. So the North, who have held the titles for just about uh, for just over a hundred days, I think they're going to retain their titles. I mean, I like Rhino and RVD. I like the team of Swan and Mac. I know a lot of people are probably picking Swan and Mac to win this match. I would not take the titles off of the North. These guys are tremendous. I mean, all ego is the better talker, that being Ethan Page. He's the better talker of the two. Josh Alexander's the guy that wears the uh, headgear a la Rick Steiner. He's great in the ring. They, they, are, they are legitimately a perfect tag team. Just like the Revival are a perfect tag team. And there are, there are other teams that are perfect. Perfect. Phoenix and Pentagon, flawless. Never break those two up ever. Unless, of course, you're going to, you know, push them both to be like world champions or something. Their team, Ortiz and Santana, perfect together. You know, Homicide and Hernandez, the original LAX, perfect together. It, it, it just, I'm sorry, you don't break, you don't take titles off of teams before you're absolutely ready to do something else with them. Now, I'm not saying Ethan Page or Josh Alexander is going to be a world champion, anytime soon or maybe I'm wrong and they will be but you've got to keep you've got to keep them as the tag champions they're way too good in the spot they're in which by the way there's nothing wrong with keeping belts on guys that are really good so that's my pick I'm picking the north Ethan Page and Josh Alexander to retain the impact world tag team championships we're going to go with the next match is Ken Shamrock versus Moose. Yes, that Ken Shamrock. The first ever NWA world champion under the TNA brand. So the NWA TNA world champion. The very first one, Ken Shamrock. That's right. Kenny Shamrock. So, of course, this all started. Shamrock was hanging out around Impact. And Moose, the ex-football player, the enormous man known as Moose, who does drop kicks off the top rope and is just one of the most agile people in the entire business who wears bright-colored gear just to anger people out in the crowd because he just he's just Moose. And for the longest time, he would get, you know, he'd do the fist pump and he had the moose music. He was great. He's a great baby face, but you know what? Moose is also a tremendous heel. I mean, he just he just talks a lot of crap. And just he's just an imposing figure, which is great. By the way, Ken Shamrock, 55 years old. So uh Moose, of course, did a did a thing with uh Stefan Bonner and Bobby Lashley and uh those guys. That group is escaping me right now. Um they were the MMA guys. And so those were the, uh, 
why is the name escaping me right now? Because there was also King Mo. Let's see here. Let me see if I can actually get Stefan Bonner. I hope this doesn't start playing this. America Top Team. There you go. So they did an angle with that. That was a while ago, I know, and that was kind of a weird reference. But if you know anything about American Top Team, then you've known that um, Moose has done this type of match before. So American Top Team is uh, one of the uh, mixed martial arts. They're, they're an MMA group. Dan Lambert. Gosh, I wish Impact still had Dan Lambert. That guy cut the best heel promos. He was awesome. I really hope that they can get another stable full of MMA guys again. That was such good television for Impact. And I know it was there primarily for Lashley and Stefan Bonner and some of these other guys. But it's just, it. it look, guys that did MMA in a pro wrestling ring, they were heels. Now, I know more MMA guys have come in. And, and of course, gals, Rhonda, Shayna, I could go on. So it's become more integrated and people accept it more and they actually respect it a lot more. Um, but for this type of match, I mean, you've got a 55-year-old Ken Shamrock who basically has one move. I, I understand that Moose losing this match does not hurt him. I understand that because he can come back out on TV and do a bunch of other stuff. I, I mean, and they can get their heat back. Unfortunately, I don't think Ken Shamrock's hanging around. So let's see here. I have the Rascals winning. I have Ace Austin winning. I have the North winning. I have TJP. Wow, I have a lot of heels winning on this show, don't I? Although that's a baby face. You know what? I'm taking Ken Shamrock to win this match. Why not? Even though I think it will hurt Moose more because even though he can come back out on TV after losing or there could be an angle afterwards they could do something more with it if Shamrock's hanging around. But if this is a one-off, I don't see what you know credit Moose is going to get for beating up a 55-year-old. So I'll pick Ken Shamrock, balance the card a little bit. We have uh, Tennille Dashwood, a.k.a. Emma, for those of you that are her WWE fans with that stupid dance she used to do. She is challenging Taya Valkyrie for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Now, some backstory here. Uh, Taya Valkyrie is, of course, the wife of uh, John Morrison, who is reportedly maybe signing with WWE. Who knows? Uh, so she's been around She's done a lot of stuff in uh, Mexico. Of course, she did stuff up here as well. And Taya Valkyrie has been the champion for 283 days and counting. The longest streak before that was Taryn Terrell. That is unbelievable. By the way, total side note. You want to watch one of the best women's matches, like, ever? Uh, go watch Gail Kim versus Taryn Terrell in a it's a last woman standing match. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was unbelievable. That was so good. I've got to find this match now. Hold on. I know we're right in the middle of this. Gail Kim... Taryn Terrell. That can't be that match. 
Slammiversary? No, that's a ladder match. Oh, my goodness. Is it a last woman standing match? It's got to be. Last knockout standing? 2013? Is that the match where she did the spear? I got to see this again. I know I know this is stalling. I got to see this again. Yeah, she was wearing her purple outfit. There it is. Oh, my. Is this it? This has got to be it. Show it. Yeah. The Slammiversary match. Woo! What a match that was. Let me tell you. Anyway, the point is, Taya Valkyrie has held the title longer than anybody else. She finally broke the record. And then this upstart, or this upstart out of nowhere, comes in named Tennille Dashwood, a.k.a. Emma. She wins a, a number one contenders match. There is no doubt in my mind Tennille Dashwood's winning this match and becoming the new Knockouts champion. I know Impact has a very bad history of just putting WWE people as soon as they come into the country, or into the country, into the company. But in this case, it makes all the sense in the world. You want to make a new star in your company. The women's division is pretty deep in this company. I know, I know, I know for those of you that don't watch this show, there's a lot of talent on this show. I mean, for goodness sake, Gail Kim came back and wrestled with Tessa Blanchard. She was unbelievable. Tessa Blanchard, Jordan Grace, Kira Hogan, Madison Rain. I could go on. There is a lot of really good talent on this show. And Tennille Dashwood fits in very nicely. And she's going to beat Taya Valkyrie, and she's going to become the Knockouts champion. They do this all the time where somebody breaks a record, and then they immediately lose the title. And that's what's going to happen. So I'm picking Tennille Dashwood to win and become the new Impact Knockouts champion. Uh, I will tell you the match I am actually looking forward to the most. And it is not the main event. It is Michael Elgin versus Marfuji. So, Michael Elgin has one of the best finishers. He does the buckle bomb into the spinning sit-out power bomb. It's unbelievable. Go watch a Michael Elgin match. You'll know what I'm talking about. He's worked for Ring of Honor. He's done New Japan. The guy's worked everywhere. He works his ass off. And he's one of the best... He's, he's one of the best big men in the company. I would love to see Michael Elgin wrestle Kevin Owens. That would be an unbelievable match. So Marafuji is a guy. I know I'm stalling and I apologize. I'm not going to even attempt his first name because I'll probably butcher it. So Marafuji wrestles for a, for a company called Pro Wrestling Noah. He's also worked for New Japan. He's worked for All Japan. He's worked for Ring of Honor. So Marafuji and Michael Elgin have wrestled each other before. And they kind of have this long-standing thing of everywhere they go, they wrestle, and it's really good. Like, really good. And so, when you have a guy that's 5'9", 198 pounds, that's Marafuji. He's not, he's not a super tall guy, not a big guy. But then you look at Michael Elgin, he's 5'11", 245, right? A very stocky kind of guy. So Michael Elgin and Marafuji are just going to beat the hell out of each other, and it's going to be great. They both have these insane power moves. They can both ground and pound you, right? They can just slap the taste out of your mouth. It's just going to be a brawl. Like, I'm sorry, I'm old school. I know people love 
the lucha style where everybody's flipping around and everybody does a thousand moves. And don't get me wrong, some of those matches are great. But I'm the guy that'll also tell you, get me two guys that are just going to beat the hell out of each other in a ring, whether it's with weapons or just with their bodies on the line, and it's just going to be a brawl. I love those kind of matches, and that's exactly what this is going to be. And if it's not, I'm going to be pissed. Because Michael Elgin comes in, he loses a match to Brian Cage for the world title, which I was a little upset about, but I understand. This guy is a big-time player. And Marafuji, if he if he actually comes in and wrestles for Impact for longer than just this match, he would fit in perfectly. Again, you have to have guys on your roster that whether they're heels or babyfaces, you're just like, well, that's going to be a brawl. That's what I want to see. I want to see wrestlers react to wrestling Elgin and Marafuji and go, oh, I'm going to get beat up tonight. And and there are guys like that in every promotion. I mention all the time about WCW because I'm a huge fan. And unfortunately, TNA has a lot of bad habits that TNA got or that uh, that WCW had, you know, hiring the same people, booking horrible things. But I'm telling you, there are guys you have to have on your roster that you're like, oh, I don't want to fight this guy. I'm going to come home with a bunch of potatoes which are, you know, hard hits to the body or just hard hits in general. Like, I'm going to get receipt. Like, I'm going to feel their fight through the TV. That is awesome. I don't even have to be there, which I won't be there, obviously. I don't even have to be there to feel that fight. That is the kind of pro wrestling match I'm expecting between these two. And I fully expect Michael Elgin to win. There's no real reason for Marafuji to win this match unless they, unless he's actually coming in. Um, I think this is just simply Michael Elgin wanting to settle a score with Marafuji of, of, of all the matches they've ever had and just pick up a big win on a show like this. And then Michael Elgin can, can go on and do different things. I wish he was in the gauntlet match, but he's wrestling Marafuji and I can't complain. So Michael Elgin wins the match. And finally, for the Impact World Championship, it's the machine, Brian Cage, defending against Sammy Callahan. O-V-E, Ohio versus everything. And then insert metal music and they're good to go. The Chris Brothers, Callahan, Madman Fulton, O-V-E has been terrorizing Impact for quite some time. And now, Sammy Callahan, after beating Tessa Blanchard for the number one contendership for the Impact... World title has had his sights set on Brian Cage and his wife, Melissa Santos, who he has hit with a bottle, a champagne bottle, and given a pile driver to while Brian Cage watched, handcuffed to the ring. It's been an awesome feud. It really has. And here's the dilemma I have. Here's the dilemma I have. Part of me wants to pick Sammy Callahan for OVE to just run even more roughshod over this company. Part of me wants wants to see that. However, Brian Cage, after his wife gets hit with a champagne bottle and gets a pile driver, and even though they've had fights, he really hasn't gotten his revenge Part of me thinks that Brian Cage needs his redemption with this match. Now, 
He's held the title for 170 days, so he'll be right around the Austin Aries range because Austin Aries held it for 173 days a year ago. Yes, Austin Aries was their uh, world champion in January of 18 and April of 18 uh, after Pentagon beat him and then Austin Aries got it back. And then, of course, Johnny Impact, a.k.a. John Morrison. The longest title reign before Johnny Impact's of 196. Lashley held it for 175 in uh, January of 17. And then you have to go all the way back to Bobby Roode in 2011. For 256 days. So we're getting at that stage where, and I'm not saying Brian Cage shouldn't hold the title for another pay-per-view. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Uh, So if we look at the next events... List of impact pay-per-views as I'm looking here. 2019. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, if there's another pay-per-view, it would be in like December. Because look, they they had pay-per-views at uh, let's see. It was January. They had two in April, one in July, one in September, and one in October. Oh, they only had three pay-per-views in 2008. So essentially, this may be the last pay-per-view of 2019. He may not defend the title at a pay-per-view until the next show. Could Brian Cage get his redemption? That's a tough call. All right, so I'll just go in my head. Babyface, heel, heel, babyface, heel. I guess he's a heel, heel. If I'm balancing the card, I would pick Brian Cage. You know what? I'm I'm picking Sammy Callahan. I think there's too many good things that can happen from Sammy Callahan being the champion. I am not saying Brian Cage has been a bad world champion. He's been great. And maybe he will get his redemption, or maybe he'll go too far and there'll be a disqualification, which would be horrible, and they should not do that for a finish of the biggest pay-per-view of the year. That would be like at WrestleMania this year, in the triple threat. Somehow, like, shenanigans happened at, like, two of them pinned. Like, imagine if Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair both pinned Ronda Rousey, and that's how WrestleMania ended. That would be dumb. Dumb. So you know what? I'm picking Sammy Callahan because I think the descent of Brian Cage needs to continue to where, like, he'll have the match won. They'll bring Melissa Santos out. He'll get distracted. Sammy Callahan will hit the pile driver and he'll win the match and he'll be your new Impact World Champion. Ohio versus everything. Awesome. I would love it. I actually think this pay per view is going to be. Really great. Like, really great. And unfortunately for Babyface fans out there, I think this is going to be a heel-driven show. Um, I do think it's going to be given time. Again, there are eight matches on this show, and most of them I'm very interested in. The gauntlet match, I have no idea. The six-man tag will probably be interesting. But, I mean, Shamrock Moose, there have been some great promos. Uh, Elgin and Marafuji, I've, I've already talked about. Uh, Ty Valkyrie and Tennille Dashwood, it may not be the best wrestling match, but it'll be good, and it'll be good to see Tennille win a title. The X Division title match, that's the uh, that's the ladder match, that's going to be great, and uh, I expect the North to put on a great show. 
because I love them. So here's a quick recap for you. It will be, I have the Rascals winning the six-man tag team match over Wagner Jr., Aerostar, and Taurus. I have TJP winning the gauntlet match. I have the one true ace, Ace Austin becoming the new X Division champion. I have Tennille Dashwood becoming the new Impact Knockouts champion. I have the North defending, retaining their Impact World Tag Team titles. I have Shamrock taking out Moose, Elgin beating Marafuji. And yes, I have as your new Impact World Champion, Sammy Callahan. That is going to do it for this show. I did not get a quick plug for our socials. The Double Turn Podcast on Instagram, one and only JMan19, Ross the Robots85, also on Instagram, Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. Uh, if I can live tweet this show, I will. I will not promise anything, but uh, perhaps uh, I will be able to do that and have that available to you. Otherwise, you will get reactions from me at least. Uh, if I can't watch it live, if I'm able to watch it uh, later, I'll be able to give uh, live reactions of that via Twitter and or Instagram. This has been fun. I've loved doing this. Um, perhaps I will be able to do more of it. Uh, so like I said, our new schedule, we're kind of all over the place and we're kind of trying new things. So our next show will be on Tuesday where, of course, we'll talk about everything that happened on Dynamite and NXT, which there's plenty to talk about. We have SmackDown coming up, and then, of course, Raw. And uh, the next pay-per-view outside of this one that I just went over is the uh, is the Saudi show that's coming up around October, Crown Jewel. So I'm sure we'll talk lots about that as well. But uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. Again, it's the Double Turn Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher. I'm sorry, not, not Spreaker, Stitcher. Uh, there's a couple others. But uh, those are the ones that we like to rep. And again, I already gave out our contact info. Um, again, it's been a pleasure doing this. Uh, I hope I get to do more of these. I know there's not many of these pay-per-views that Impact does, but it is a really good product. And uh, I will be following it uh, not only for myself, but for you guys out there. So hopefully you enjoyed this little side episode. Uh, of course, we are talking more AEW since it is now more of a product. So of course, we've been doing a lot of WWE. So you've got options. Uh, I am going to tell you, that I may even get in some NWA power for this show because there's a lot of talent over there too. I could list them, but I'm kind of running long on this episode as well. So that is going to do it for your 2019 Bound for Glory preview and prediction show with yours truly. So until next time, I've been Boss Ross, and I will catch you on the flip side.